So today I want to talk to you about the Investigator's Toolbox. You guys know that it's been a big part of this show here, and it's something that recently was featured in PI Magazine. They have a legacy discount, and the discount is running until the end of the year. It's been extended to 1231.20. So if you're interested in checking out that site, it's www.investigators-toolbox.com. Please go check it out. If you're interested in joining, the discount will run out at the end of the year and you're going to end up missing out on the $50 discount. So go check it out. We've got a great community in there, a bunch of investigators already, uh, some great material. It's got webinars, blogs, OSINT research uh, that you can curate through your own private library. So investigators-toolbox.com. Go check it out today. PI Perspectives. Are you using a case management system? The answer is no. You should really rethink that process. Right. So as you guys know, Crosstrax has been an amazing sponsor of the show. They've just been uh, really supportive. As you guys also know, I didn't used to have a case management system. I was the, the investigator that was fighting them tooth and nail. I finally decided to give it a whirl. What a great decision, right? During the COVID shutdown, I was able to actually roll my whole business into it and get completely up and running. And um, my clients love it. I mean, just today, I got a, a phone call from a client of mine who just couldn't believe how easy it was to access everything and uh, how invoices were there. He actually asked me to go back and upload all my prior cases and put it into Crosstracks. I've been doing business with that firm for, I don't know, about eight years, so it's a lot of cases. Yeah, if you don't use a case management system, you should, right? You should check it out. Give Crosstracks a shot. Contact Brad or one of the teammates over there and uh, they'll get you up and running with a trial and see if it's for you. If you have used Crosstracks and it's been a while and uh, you're not happy with the system that you're in, go check them out. They're doing a lot of really cool new things and uh, see if it's right for you. If you're unhappy with the system that you're in right now, contact them. You know, the ability for them to roll your system into their system is very easy. Again, you guys know they've been sponsoring this program and I can't say uh, enough good things about them, but uh, make your own decision, right? Give it a shot on your own and see if it's right for you. Did you know we are now providing a video version of this show on our YouTube channel? It actually gets released one day earlier for those who can't wait for Mondays. The link's in the show notes. Welcome to PI Perspectives. On today's show, we leave the United States and we're back in Canada where we're talking to Vince Young. Vince's extensive experience with human trafficking and investigations. This is an epic episode. He sits down with Matt to discuss how you get started doing this kind of work. And he talks about a great awareness initiative his current employer is releasing. Please welcome Vince and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Uh, well, today we are back up in Canada, and we're checking in with Vince Young. Vince is a good friend of mine. I've known him for many years, I guess probably about five or six years, Vince, yeah, would you say? Like that, yep. Vince is of the uh, geospatial background. That's kind of how we met. And uh, I thought Vince had a really great background. And some of the work that he's done with human trafficking is is really compelling. And it's something that I always found Really interesting. So I asked Vince to come on. Actually, I've been asking Vince for several months to come on to talk about this. Uh, our schedule has been a little bit crazy, but we're finally able to do this. So uh, Vince, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. And thanks for slagging me and uh, making me feel that 
I'm too busy for you. And that's not the case. We tried many times yeah, and yeah. Um, I'm very happy to be here and I appreciate the invite. Well, you're a special guy, hard to get. So uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> no, good stuff. It's the other way around. You're just as busy, my friend, which yeah. is a good thing for you. So uh, how are things up in Canada with COVID? How are you guys dealing with all that? It's good. Although our numbers are growing a lot and right across the province from end to end. Yeah. I mean, relative to what you're dealing with there, it's, you know, a lot less, but right. for Canada, it is definitely getting worse. Um, we just got the okay from our health Canada for the first Pfizer vaccine to come into our country in the next, right. hopefully by the end of, end of the year. Yep. So we're managing, you know, quarantine, stay inside wear your mask. Sure. Sure. I know, like, uh, I talked to Michael LaCourte recently in England, mm -hmm. right? And he was telling me, uh, you know, from uh, Conflict International, he was telling me that they were, you know, giving out the first doses of vaccines, I think, like, last week. You yes. know, and then the next dose was coming out this week. And I was like, great, we'll see if World War Z is starting in England. <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. So, <laughs> so I like, always thought that kind of bizarre, too, because they're rolling it out to the vulnerable people and some of the first responders. Right. So it, I'm not going to say it's not going to work, but what if it doesn't? You've just... Right knocked off a bunch of the vulnerable people and your frontline workers. Is that wise? But it sounds again, like I'm a scary movie, Vince. Stop. I'm, I'm very nervous. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That's the conspiracy mind of mine. I'm thinking, wait a yeah. second. That doesn't seem very wise. But anyway, you're very, very jaded, man. <laughs> <laughs> Too many years in policing. I there, think. there you go. So that is your background. So you, you, you yeah. came up with the Toronto Police Department. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into this. Yeah, stuff. I was actually with Peel Regional Police uh, for about from 99 till 2005. Okay. So Peel is a region just I mean, it's attached to Toronto. Mm. I did uniform, uniform policing there from sure. 99 to 05, and then uh, decided I wanted to get to more higher level type of investigations. Right. And then uh, joined our federal policing here in Canada, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Started out at a, uh, the airport detachment, did a lot of drug work there. Right. Imports, uh, large, you know, imports of heroin and whatever else is coming through through the planes and across the border. And then from there, I got seconded actually to work at human smuggling investigation um, out of one of our, the Milton detachment, which was super, extremely fascinating. That was my first kind of taste of what human smuggling and human trafficking really kind of was. Right. So I worked that project for about a year. And then um, and then there was a promotional opportunity that, that came up for me to move to the city that I'm in right now to run a, a covert unit. So I left uh, the airport and started running a covert unit and I did that for about eight some odd years before I decided that, you know, I just kind of had enough of policing and then I got out sure. uh, in around 2017-ish or so. Okay. And then I joined a, a tech company and that's, you know, kind of put together my policing skills with understanding how tech and open source, uh, deep and dark right. web investigations work. Right. And here I am now. Yeah. And that's, that's about when I met you. Right. So, yep, um, yep. you know, the, this whole, you know, geofencing keyword searching, uh, yes. you know, at the time you worked with the company that I, that I uh, was doing a lot of business with and, uh, you know, you were the, the managed service aspect of it. So, yeah. uh, you know, we would talk through, um, scenarios of what I you know, was looking to find and, uh, you know, that technology was, you know, at that point was, was really cutting edge stuff and very yes. cool and changing quite quickly yeah. and, and you know you, you've seen it i mean you've seen the boom in that uh sector of of things that you know were quarter one ideas or quarter two ideas that became reality um right. is, is pretty awesome um you know to see a change yeah. and then you know obviously pivot when things you know valves get shut off and you gotta focus on other things so it's uh yeah. it's pretty awesome 
Um, yeah, with the boom with so, of social media, um, kind of pulling data, big companies out there pulling data from from these social media giants that allow users like you and I or investigators like you and I to be able to plug in keywords to look for very specific things that we're searching for to help to help with our investigations. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really it's really useful. Yeah, I mean, really cool things, and I know like doing investigations up in Canada is very very difficult it's nothing like Come the united on. states so i give you kudos man like you know what you're doing because you know how 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 investigators in canada stay in business is uh yeah. it's tough man it really is a tough uh business to uh to stick in up there um especially when it comes to you know uh information that's available so you know having right. these platforms that are a little creative and in, in you know finding people are, are um are really interesting. So, you know, recently in the last couple of years, um, this whole human trafficking thing has come front and center. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you want to start talking about Jeffrey Epstein and things yeah. like that. That's the case that everybody knows about. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of others, uh, yeah. but that really brought it to the uh, the forefront um, of this this problem that's been around for a very, very, very long time. Yes. So, the the company you had worked for was was very passionate about. Uh, human trafficking and and using this technology this new technology and assistance so tell me how how did that come about what did that look like that um you know now all of a sudden you know you guys are are, are delving into that world and what does that look like from an investigative point of view so human trafficking is one of those really um one of those crimes that are almost fully enabled by internet you know when we speak about human trafficking we're talking about um you know girls and guys and trans people who are being um, controlled by traffickers or pimps and where, they, where they're, they're holed up in hotel rooms and forced to, to do sexual services right. uh, for, the, for the persons who are willing to pay for, the, for, for those type of services with very little money going back to the, uh, to the victims. Um, a lot of them are held against their will, right. um, are, you know, brought into it through this whole Romeo um, type of uh, situation. So again, to my original point, this is all enabled by the internet, essentially through social media, because right. these these victims and these pimps have to advertise these victims somehow. So they're going to be advertised through, uh, um, we have Leo list up here. I don't think you have it down there, but Backpages, Backpages.com, that used to be a huge thing in, in the U.S. before it got shut down by the FBI a, a few years ago. Right. Girls and guys and, and all different people were advertised on, on these platforms. So the company that I was working for was able to pull data from these types of sites, these escort sites, and uh, allow investigators like myself and you to be able to look for keywords and look for very specific indicators to determine whether a specific victim was actually being trafficked or whether there's some, someone was doing it more as a, I don't know, I, I don't want to say that they're doing it as a full-time work because I don't believe anybody would want to do that right. on their own, but you could look for very key indicators um, uh, based on these, these keywords to determine whether that person was being doing this against their will. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've got, I got, you know, switched on to that type of stuff. Plus, because I already had had an investigative background it was easy for me to put those two together. Sure. And um, yeah. Sure. So, and then, then, you know, you start talking about keywords that aren't real words, right? So, or, or right. symbols, right? Now you've got emojis that are, are you, you got to right. start paying attention to because they mean certain things, right? So you're building up a lexicon of not just words, but images too, you know, that right. try and get you where you're, uh, where you're going. It's very interesting to see 
that tech grow and be able to now search for those things as well. Um, yeah, it's super powerful. There's some really powerful tools out there. Like Marinus analytics has a tool called traffic jam and spotlight, um, uh, telefinder that deploy these really powerful algorithms and they use AI and machine learning to, to be able to identify where these pimps are. Like they're able yeah. to throw a paragraph into their tool and they can, you know, with a certain degree of accuracy, use that same paragraph and deploy it across that entire website to determine how many other posts are similar to the way this particular person wrote it. Yeah. And they, they use facial recognition, which is super powerful as well. You know, you, someone's face could be slightly turned yeah. or they could have a different type of uh, shading. And the, and these platforms will be able to tell you that, yeah, with 80% accuracy, that's exactly, the, that's actually the same person. Sure. You know, so it's, it's, it's quite powerful. Yeah. I mean, uh, on top of the human trafficking, I mean, were you guys, I, I would assume we'd be working with law enforcement too, you know, looking for, you know, murder yeah. suspects or, or criminals and you know, the robbing banks and things like that. Right. The, the, the recognition and, or, or fences trying to move stolen products. Uh, that is, you know, a, a big portion of, of the research that, uh, that companies like yours do, right. Uh, right. You know, trying to recover stolen goods and, uh, you know, well, exactly. Kind of stuff, so. Like open source is, uh, using open source. There's, you know, some really basic techniques you can use. Once you kind of understand those techniques, you can deploy it across anything, whether you're working as a private investigator, whether you're, you're trying to uncover, um, someone that's doing uh, what's what do you guys call it down there? Uh, workers compensation fraud, you know, right. Yeah. Oh, my back hurts. And then yeah. they're posting on, on Twitter, look at, you know, yeah. going to bargaining or lifting a big box. That's the stuff you, you, you can find. And that's just using your typical open source stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's, it's COVID fraud. Right. So right. it's people that are applying for financial aid. I was just reading something the other day. I think uh, it was Adam Visnick actually had posted something about uh, a woman in Ohio, uh, like $1.3 million. So she falsified wow. her, her bank statements and her employee records. She was a single, you know, sole practitioner, but she made it like she had 75 employees and she applied for, you know, $1.3 million. She got it and wow. she got caught because, you know, she got audited and it's like, uh Oh, you know, this is a problem. So, um, you know, you're going to start seeing more and more of that, uh, uncovering, I think, you know, in pharmaceuticals, right. Uh, so yeah, definitely. You know, we've got the, you know, quick access to getting the, you know, vaccine and this and that you're going to get, you know, Horse tranquilizer or whatever, yes. you know, who knows what you're putting in your body uh, when you're yeah. buying it uh, out in places. And that's uh, that's the Wild West right now, I think, you know. It is. COVID um, is it's crazy. Even the, the, the nation, you know, sponsored uh, targeting of the pharmaceutical companies or develop anything to do with, the, with the, the vaccine or any type of research related to COVID. These, these, you know, they're, they're being targeted flat out, right? So what do you think your opinion is with how human trafficking has been affected by COVID? What, what has been the shift of the, of the, the paradigm? How has that turned around? I would think it's got to be different than it was before. Um, it, it is. So, so I, I was speaking to um, one of the, the agencies out there, and they, they put out a little bit of a communique specifically about how COVID's impacting uh, human trafficking. So you're not going to see that many people, like, you know, not at the hotels and the crappy motels where this typically kind of happens. But yeah. a lot of the the, the women and the, and the guys are being forced to do a lot of the online stuff. Right. So, you know, people are paying Bitcoin or paying any type of cryptocurrency or, or, or you know, putting money into accounts. And, and these uh, the victims on the other end are forced to do the act, acts on video like you and I are speaking. Right. And that's essentially how it's kind of 
pivoted again using technology right. as i said to my earlier statement how technology is, enables human trafficking there the the pimps are just pivoting on how yeah. they're going to make business and it's it's still it's still there people are still paying for these services yeah i guess if you can make a transaction online it's probably in a sense better for them because they have more control yeah. over their their product right if if they can yeah. you know <clears throat> take the whatever they're offering and have these people essentially at one place where they know where they are virtually getting them out all over the place that's really scary man that's really, it is really scary but you know on on the flip side when when you look at ads there's always information in the ads that you just have to know what to look for right when a pimp puts something out on there they have to be communicated to somehow so that 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 transaction can happen so there, right. there's you know email accounts there's uh, a lot of times there's facebook and twitter accounts there's phone numbers there's um you know they're going to post a picture of a, of a of a, a I'm going to say a girl or, or a victim, mm -hmm. and a lot of times you'll see that the face is blurred out. You know because some a lot of times it's not even actually the real person. Right. But yeah. and if it is, you can look at the background. You know you could tell by which hotel they're at based on say Howard Johnson's only ever use these particular pictures. You can right. tell oh they're at the, the, the the Howard Johnson. And if you're a switched on investigator and you know that scene, you can say well oh that's the Howard Johnson at whatever Main right. Street or something like right. that, right. and then you can launch your investigation that way. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, there's there's definitely uh, always a little nuggets that you can pick out of you know, whatever's right. available, whether it be a photo or, or you know some other information. A seasoned yeah, investigator is going to know what to look for. You know, exactly, and you're film. well aware of that having been in the industry for so long and yeah. doing what you've done successfully for so long, mm -hmm. you just have to know kind of where to look. And I'm fortunate enough; I've, I was asked to teach uh, at our Ontario Police College here. I met a, a person at a, a human trafficking conference in Toronto, right. and uh, she's uh, the coordinator for the human trafficking course for all the all the police officers here in Ontario. So she understood my passion using technology to combat this showing she invited me to to lecture at their course and that's great i've been there for about three years and this is the kind of stuff that i kind of try and teach these these yeah. senior investigators how to use technology and i always say to them i know you're a human traffic investigator but this can be used across the entire spectrum sure like yeah you know what i always say to them have you ever does anybody know what osin stands for and yeah. you would get a few people well, yeah i think so and i would say to them okay black friday just passed who did some research on a TV or a car? Oh, I did, I did. Congratulations, you just did an OSINT. They're like, oh, wow. I'm like, yep, you're an, you're an OSINT investigator now. You've done your first most basic in OSINT investigation. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. You know, it's, it's interesting how you talk about how uh, these research skills translate into different areas because uh, that's kind of how you and I really developed our relationship because yeah. the, the company you were working for wasn't really – servicing my company and what I, I did like that, no. that space. Right. And I, I remember uh, they had a, uh, a seminar, you know, come out to Vegas for a couple of days and we're going to teach you how to yeah. use our product. And I remember I was just, I was sitting there looking at it and my brain is going like 10 million miles an hour. And I'm just going, <laughs> this is amazing. This stuff they could do. Yeah. I would never do any of the things they're talking about here. That's not my space, but I see how this technology can work in my space. Right. Yeah. And that's how we started having those conversations. What if we could curtail this or use this this uh, technology for personal injury investigations? And that was yep. the whole birth of, I call it the electronic canvassing. It was pretty awesome. So there, there really is. I think that's a good point that you can take this technology and um, and use it 
uh, for uh, for other things, which is uh, pretty awesome. So, all right, we are going to take a break real quick. We're going to jump out, and uh, when we come back, I want to really dig a little bit more into this stuff, and and maybe even just talk about scenarios and some things where this type of stuff has been uh, helpful. So, everybody, sit tight, and we will be right back. If you are a new private investigator, or if you operate a private investigation agency, you know that acquiring paying clients can be a struggle. Imagine a unique resource of marketing courses and programs made just for private investigators. Introducing the Six Figure Investigator Marketing Program. It's a community of investigators all over the world learning to become master marketers of their brand. Membership is free for a limited time. Head over to privateinvestigatormentorship.com right now and secure your spot to learning the right way to market your brand. Privateinvestigatormentorship.com What do you do when you get calls for bug sweeps? Did you know usabugsweeps.com, the number one TSCM provider in the country, pays you a 20% commission for converted sales leads? Stop turning money away. usabugsweeps.com uses top-rated technology, and they cover all of the United States. So save time and make money today. Contact usabugsweeps.com and mention PIP20. Do you work with an insurance agency that takes the time to give you the personal attention you deserve? Well, contact Michelle Knoll and her team to get the best customer service and attention available. You never need insurance until you really need insurance. So keep yourself and your business protected. Contact Michelle at mnoll at amoscorp.com. Did you hear about the latest issue of PI Magazine? Friend of the show, Andrea Roscoe, has been named PI Magazine's Investigator of the Year. Congrats, Andrea. It's well-deserved indeed. The issue is available today. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. I'm here with uh, Vince Jung. Uh, Vince, how are you doing? And welcome back to the program. Doing well. Thanks very much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just a great, fascinating topic. Uh, we're talking about human trafficking and, you know, geospatial research and uh, OSINT research and really how you attack the um, uh, the whole aspect of, of trying to do human traffic research because it really is a special uh, element. But before we jump into all that, um, uh, before you, you were talking about uh, teaching in certain areas, but you've actually done some conferences and, and taught at conferences too, right? Yeah. Um, last year, I was lucky. I got uh, I was spoke at about three conferences uh, last year at the um, the ILEA, which is the International Association of Law Enforcement Intelligence right. Analysts. It was a huge group there. And I spoke on uh, it wasn't HT, but it was more uh, I spoke on open source, deep and dark web investigations. Right. And I kind of focused a little bit more on on drugs. Right. But again, the techniques used there can be used across the entire spectrum. Right. And then I was a speaker last year also at Techno Security and also at the International Association of Crime Analysts Conference. Okay, great. So it, yeah. it, was, it was a good year. And this year, obviously, because of COVID. <laughs> say, say no more. <laughs> no, not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm really, really hoping uh, that uh, I can head up to, um, to Vancouver, actually. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, in, in September, there's supposed to be something. The World Association of Detectives is uh, doing their seminar up there and i'm just like oh please lord i'd oh, love to wow. go to vancouver i want to go so oh um, next year september Se- september of 
uh, 2021. Like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It, we, we should be good by then. If we're not, what? then it's World War Z. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you know, it means yeah. we've killed off all our first responders and elderly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're eating flesh now. So hopefully that won't like be Like I attended case. GSX this year, um, but I, I'm, I like the interaction. I yeah. like the actual, the virtual, it's just not the same. In my opinion, some, some people love it, but in my opinion, it's not the same when I'm staring at a screen and yeah. jumping from room to room and listening to speakers on screen. I, I, I prefer the interaction. Yeah. So. And you know, there's something to be said about sitting down and having a meal with somebody too, you know, just uh, breaking bread and, and really understanding who they are and what their background is. But yeah, we'll get back to all that stuff eventually one day. I remember that sushi Hopefully. place where we went, was it in LA? In LA, Yeah, yes. it was LA, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When we, was, when we did good. that pitch years yep. ago. Yep. So I think it was sushi one day. I think it was barbecue another day. Oh, it uh, was good. Yeah, that was a good trip, man. Um, it was. So, um, okay. So we were t- talking about, uh, you know, uh, obviously, how do you how do you start all this stuff? What percentage would you say of the HT research is actually deep in dark web as opposed to surface web stuff? Well, I don't know if you've ever seen that iceberg. Have you ever seen that iceberg? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Like, this is, you know. People yeah. rely so heavily on the, you know, the open open network, I guess. Like yeah. your Google, Yahoo, Bing stuff. That that represents yeah. only, only 4% of the information that's 4%. actually out there online. Yep. 90% is in your deep web, your Reddits, your 4chan, 8chan, anything password protected. Mm-hmm. And then your 6% rests in, in, in the dark web. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people ask, what's the dark web? You know, it's just another space where there's information yeah. where it sits. You can't just access it through your regular um, browser. You have to have a special browser using, say, I'm going to use Tor browser. That's the easiest. Right. The Tor stands for the Onion Router. You install your Tor browser, and boom, you can get onto the dark, the dark web where you're afforded quite a bit of anonymity. Um, right. So. I, w- I couldn't even tell you what the exact percentages are, but there's a sure. definitely a ton of inf- ton of uh, stuff that's in your in your dark web, or sorry, in the in the in the deep web, because there's right. a lot of forums. Uh, I do a lot of research on the forums and the the reviews and the blogs, because you'll find that a lot of these Johns will actually do reviews on their on the people that they've been with. Sure, they'll I- identify ad numbers, phone numbers, and and repost pics, <laughs> and that's essentially how you can can't help themselves. This <laughs> is <just> crazy. <laughs> Well, it's no different in your world when you're looking for some sort of some guy doing something nefarious. Yeah, yeah. You know, we catch the stupid ones, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but that's the, that's the truth. And when you catch the stupid ones, you move up the yeah. the, the ranks to catch the, the big fish, right? Yeah, I always try, anyways, right? Yeah, it's just it it's so interesting. So like, so let's say you're just like the average investigator, and you get a call from a family, and you think it maybe it's a kidnapping uh, or, or a, a, a a missing persons thing, but it also could be a kidnapping, and maybe there's some, you know, uh, human trafficking involved in here, and, and you're like, hey, I don't really know how to do all this stuff or specialize. Like, how what would you suggest to the average investigator? Like, how would they start to approach doing that kind of work? You have to know where to look, where to start. I think I said earlier when a victim needs to be a victim needs to be advertised somewhere right so you have to know what sites to go and look for that person right. and a lot of times it's just quite tedious going through those websites um you know if you can backdate from when the person disappeared what area they're generally in you can filter using those those you know uh, leo list um, type escort sites to look for your victim right. um that's that's you know that's one way to way to start 
um, hopefully you'll have access to the victim's social media stuff. You can you can try and find them that way or co contact a friend that may be able to send them a message on social media as well to make sure that they're okay. But obviously you got to definitely call the, call the police too um, because they may already be aware of, you know, a, a very active pimp in that area trying to recruit girls. Yeah. I mean, I, I think friends are like a really good resource too. And yep. you can really glean a lot of information as to what, you know, what that person's mindset was prior yep. to anything going down. Is it a, a runaway or, you know, is it someone who is volunteering voluntarily getting into this world to quote unquote, make some money, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, you just don't, uh, you, you don't know the circumstances leading into it. When you were started working in this and, and, uh, getting involved with this. So that the people that would contact you to do this type of research, were they more law enforcement or was it more of, you know, private, uh, families, parties, uh, that would come and try and get you to do the work? It was mostly like law enforcement, right. um, and then investigating, like investigation companies like like yours right um like it's a, it's a pretty heinous crime like if you really sit back and think about it you know yeah, yeah definitely. i think the i think the stats out there i don't know if it's us or canadian dollars but like on each victim you know they're the pimps are grossing like 250 to 300 thousand dollars a year it's crazy that's a lot of money and you see them driving around in all the flashy cars so on and so forth it's like think about it you know that is insane like that's right. definitely way more money than i have um yeah. i'll ever see in my life right and literally on on the on the on the the backs of a victim right so yeah that's uh it's it's really it's sad i mean it uh, is I, I i'm sure like you know how do you not take this stuff home with you too like i'm sure you, you gotta really process things and you know i'm I, I know in my line of work you know when it comes to watching like death because i i have had the unfortunate uh, thing of, you know, watching a video of somebody getting killed, you know, it's like you see things and you're just like, Oh man, I wish I didn't see that. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's going to stay with me for a bit. I can, I can only imagine like this kind of work that, that, that happens, right. You, you take stuff and you have to like kind of process and work through and be like, okay, you know, time to come back to the, to the light side here and, and de Absolutely. decompress. Right. So it's, uh, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be hard, right? Yeah. You can't, I think I guess uh, so many years in policing, I kind of learned, I, I, I mean, I should say learn, I don't know what the proper word is, but I've trained, I guess, my brain to be able to try and turn it off as much as I can. I mean, but yeah. to your point, you don't unsee something. Like when you see something, you see it. And then it just depends on where you park it inside the, you know, your, your brain somewhere. Sure. So yeah, it is, it is, it is pretty sad. You know, I remember when I was in uniform, there was a, um, there was a victim and she was she was 12 years old like 12 years old and you know i've got i've got kids too and i think wow right. yeah you know yeah, yeah. am i overly protective yeah probably <laughs> yeah. overly paranoid yeah probably <laughs> could i would i put a tinfoil hat on and send them to school yeah i've done that so yeah. right. <laughs> why not <laughs> why not right that's what they do up in canada apparently i don't know right am i overly cautious about passwords and uh yeah. you know yeah absolutely yeah. when people randomly call me do i hang up yep absolutely sure so sure. thanks for taking my call man appreciate that <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> so, sure if it was like, you i saw this new york calling me right <laughs> yeah who is this guy <laughs> oh, man. oh anyway yeah that's, but it's 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 been good i mean i you know i got out of the the tech company that i was worth and now i'm working with a, i mean a, a huge national company i'm with siemens siemens, uh, right. siemens now yep and it's a, I mean, it's a giant company and 
it was kind of weird. It almost faded. I was I was doing some work with one of my colleagues down in the on the U.S. Um, and she and I, she, she she does some support for us here in Canada. She, we, sure. she and I just started talking, and then she's like, somehow we started speaking about human trafficking. And I said, oh yeah, I, I know a bit about that. And she's like, oh you do? And I kind of explained my background. And you know, randomly, there's like fifty five thousand employees of Siemens in 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 the U.S. And I happened to talk to the one girl or one woman who actually is had launched a human trafficking awareness campaign for Siemens in the US. Right. So I said, Oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. So she and I've been working collaboratively to try and launch that uh, here in Canada as well. That's great to kind of bring awareness to it. Because yeah. people travel people who are out there, they're your eyes and ears, you know, when you stay in a hotel, mm-hmm. you see, you know, maybe the room next to you or across from you, you're constantly seeing random people coming in and out of there. You know, that's, that's a huge indicator. Like, that's not normal. So, right? yeah, that's one of the things I've learned, especially in New York, right? Um, there is really so much going on if you're just paying attention. You just you know? got to look. You know, like I, I can recall recently. So I, I was uh, on 32nd Street um, in Madison Park. I was meeting somebody to, to have them fill out some paperwork. You know, it was a very standard thing. And I'm sitting there. I had gotten early. And, uh, you know, there's all these people around, you know, conducting business. Oh, what kind of business are they conducting? Well, if you're paying attention, you're seeing, you know, little baggies go <laughs> being distributed yeah. between one another, you know, and uh, you're like, oh, okay. All right. You know, whatever, you know, you see it happening. Then, you know, fast forward another 20 minutes or, or so, or 30 minutes later, uh, I see a group of, of guys together gathered and there's like, I don't know, eight or nine, 10, maybe there's one guy in the middle and he's giving out instructions. Everyone's wearing plain clothes. I was like, Oh, well, here's the undercovers, you know, like they were having their meeting out in the street, not talking about the drugs. They were talking about um, election related stuff and because oh. it was during that time. Right. So, you know, potential protests and things like that, you know, how is it going to be neutralized? And it's like you could totally just, you know, with your head down, keep walking and not pay attention and live your life. Or you can be aware of your surroundings and really yes. get a sense of of the temperature of the environment and what's going on. Um, I remember even like when we were out in, in LA years ago, you know, the hotel we got, we got in just the type of music they're playing in the elevator. And I'm just like, wow, okay, this is different. This is not like, am I in a family hotel? You know, it's like, and then you get off and and you're like, okay, I see things going on here. All right. What kind of hotel am I staying in? You know, it's like just even understanding that. And I, I can think as recently as New Orleans, you know, I was down in New Orleans and just sitting, eating breakfast in the, um, in, in the restaurant by myself and, and listening to people that were having conversations. It, it was very, uh, very telling you know, people talking about yeah. things they shouldn't be talking about. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that's amazing. So I think there's, yeah. there's truth in that, right? You really being aware of your surroundings is, it's, you know, and having access to people that, that could be your eyes and ears, um, you know, and right. educating them on what to look for, you know, and you and see that with terrorism all the time, right? See if you see something, say something, right? That, so. That's exactly it. And it's just kind of putting out the little tidbits out there for people to say, Hey, you know, because if, if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know what you're looking for. But if you kind of put the bug in the ear that, you know, these are certain indicators that you might you might be wanting to look at. Right. Even if you could just save one victim, just one victim, big what deal. more could you ask for? You, you, yeah. You've done such great work already, right? There's no there's no value on someone's life, you know. No. It's priceless. So, yeah, just just one is enough, you know. It's uh, it's really crazy. I mean, I, get, I give you a lot of respect for uh, – for what you do and um, you know, the, the, the passion that, that some of these businesses have, I think Siemens like take, you know, being um, 
who they are, you know, that big conglomerate that says, hey, this is a worldwide problem. We're going to take a vested interest in creating awareness about this. That's fantastic. I mean, that's yeah, they're really, Siemens is a really socially responsible company. And, um, you know, we're we're really big into green, you know, green energy. So, yeah, so it's great. I'm really looking forward to kind of formally launching it um, here and here in Canada and kind of putting the awareness out to the, you know, four or 5,000 employees that that we have here in Canada as well. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all good stuff. Um, Yeah. We're probably going to wind down here a a, a little bit. I think, you know, this has been a lot to, um, to, to digest here. I really appreciate you coming on and and talking about this stuff and just bringing to light uh, what we're doing. And and we didn't violate any NDAs today, which is really good. (laughs) I don't think we did. I was going to tell tell them about an investigation that I did for you, but I said, I better not do that one. That was a good one, actually. I uh, just edited out. So I have the the, the power of editing. So (laughs) you're not sneaking it through, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, Vince, how do people get a hold of you if uh, they have any further questions or want to know more about how they can get involved um, with with doing this type of work? Yeah, you're, I mean, you're more than welcome to, to throw my email out there uh yeah. I'll, i can i mean you've got my work email i think yeah, yeah. it'll be well, in the I'll show notes anyway. yeah we'll, we'll yeah put it i'm in more than notes. happy to, to to work with people chat with people and um help out however i can mm-hmm. um are there any good resource guides that you know if somebody wants to kind of learn more about uh, doing the uh the oh gosh there's 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 tons of them out there i mean there's a children's rescue initiative i really really um a person that I've not met her in person. Her name is Miranda. Um, yeah. Actually, you should get her on as a guest. I'll point her to you. She's a fantastic uh, yeah. investigator, and yeah. um, she she works there. Uh, the Canadian, or in Canada anyway, the Canadian Centre to End Human Trafficking. Um, that's a big one where people can lo- log on and have a look. Uh, Deliver Fund. I think in the states, what's it called? The National Center for Missing. Yeah, missing and exploited children. Exploited actually, the children. Na- National right Center here. for Missing Exploited. Children. Put me on the spot, guy. Thanks. Oh man, <laughs> I just know it's a long acronym. That's I'm like, oh is. my god, where's it going? <laughs> <laughs> so there's, uh, there's there's lots and lots and lots of resources. So which yeah. is makes me feel good that there's a lot of um, private and you know not for profit organizations really kind of looking at this and trying to really combat it because yeah. as I said earlier, it's a it's it's a horrible horrible crime. Oh, definitely. You know. If you, I don't think people realize how horrible it is. I mean, you you, you can watch the Netflix documentary on on Epstein yeah. and really get a sense of of you know that kind of stuff. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. And yes. uh, I, I'm sure there'll be even more info coming out because that that story's not over yet either. Oh um, gosh, no. So I think there's so many other people that are involved in that that I'm just not sure when they're going to name them or how they're going to how they're going to pursue it. But yeah, it's it's pretty terrifying. It is. I just cringe a little bit every time they say like Florida private investigator was was sent over <laughs> to go uh, you know, uh, you know discourage people from being involved. I was like, come on, guys, man, this is our industry. What are you doing? Cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, help me here <laughs> awesome it's craziness so hey vince thank you so much this was great yeah, um i would definitely have you on again you know it was uh it was a long time coming getting you on i really wanted to uh to yeah. do that and uh you know there were other reasons that kept us from doing it but uh i think it's timely and it's uh it's good stuff so it's awesome yeah appreciate and, it yep thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch everybody next week on the next episode of pi perspectives Thank you to Vince for shedding some light on this fascinating and disturbing topic. It's very scary to hear about all those lost people out there, especially now around the holidays. We're so appreciative to guys like you, Vince, who stand up to this kind of human cruelty and behavior. 
Let's also thank Six Figure Investigator Marketing, Amos, Crosstracks, and USABugSweeps.com for sponsoring the show. Now, have you checked out InvestigatorsToolbox.com yet? Remember, it only takes 41 cents a day to unlock the future of investigations. Make an investment in your business and yourself today. The 25% legacy discount has been extended to December 31st. Don't miss out. Use code PIP201836 to save even more. And if you have a question or comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and make sure you subscribe, please. We'll be back on next Monday with a new show. Make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.